0: Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with
1: Joe Nutsch on Live 95. with european local and directly elected limerick mayoral elections on the way during 2024 broadcaster and political analyst ivan yates has launched his new podcast path to power with matt cooper aiming they say to cut through the spin of irish politics ahead of an impending election and ivan is with me now to tell us a bit more good morning to you Good morning, Joe. Happy New Year to you. And to you. So, first of all, we want to get down to brass tacks in Limerick. We are going to have an election for a directly elected mayor. What do you make of that? What do you make of the role? How do you think it'll all pan out?
0: Well, I this: wouldn't say I'm an expert on the mayoralty elections. I think Limerick is a dry run for what would be the major one in Dublin. Um, it's a reform of local government. I, I, My experience as a former minister and TD is that people who have authority, whether it's uh, bylaws relating to traffic, parking, litter, they're very slow to give up things. And um, it will be very interesting to see. My understanding is that the first vote... Is to actually approve? Is it the, the question of a mayor before you get someone like Brian Lennon or John Moran into the post? Is it, is it a two phase process, n- no, or will we no, go the, straight? No, no the, to the first election
1: that that vote took place a number of years ago. Um, there was a, okay. a, a local referendum which uh, was found by a, a slim majority, but a majority to be in favour in Limerick of the role. But what's been happening in the Doll and Shannon in recent months is they've been attempting to put the under pinning legislation in place and there's been criticism of that in terms of the powers of the role and now we're getting to the point that people are starting to declare.
0: Yeah, and Brian Ledden, my understand, the, the Green TD, and there's some rumours that John Moran might be, you know, because he was one of those Uh, with the Land Development Agency and in different roles in government, who was actually in favour of of this reform of local government. Um, To be honest with you, my main focus uh, is on the general election. And Limerick is very interesting in that regard, because if I just run through you, we have the European local elections and Uderos elections in the first weekend of June. But I think the thing that's most occupying Leo Vranker in relation to planning the election is this. Uh, so what, what is the prospect of the local elections? So in 2019, Sinn Féin across the country got 9%. They lost 81 seats, ended up with 78 seats. The lowest poll I've seen them on is 27%, which would be three times as big. Last Sunday's Ireland Thinks poll and Sunday had them at 30%. So you're facing a situation that you will have poll-topping, shiny new Sinn Féin councillors elected in June. The plan at the moment is that the government can run up to this time next year. They won't go into 2025. The experience of 2020 was cold weather, January blues, credit card bills from Christmas. The incumbent government gets it in the neck. So I think the the latest the election will be, and you run out of options if you run out of time, will be November after an October budget. But I think if Leo had his way... He says, hold on a second. If Sinn Féin do well in the local elections, you can imagine the momentum that will build in the Irish of which I'll say, you know, you're a lame duck administration. The government is time to go uh, dead man walking and in clinging on to power and in the name of God, go. I don't think Leo wants to put himself in that position, whereas Fianna Fáil and the Greens are saying, hold on a second. We've agreed to five budgets. You either honour your agreements or you don't, and do you want transfers, and do you want to do it again? So I think that's where the the, the conflict is. But, Joe, in my opinion, uh, the good people of Limerick will be voting in the city and county for their TDs again. And I think because we've had no election of any description other than Dublin Bay South since 2020, there's actually seismic change. Because let's just start with the baseline. In 2020, Sinn Féin got 24.5% of the vote. They left 12 seats behind them because they did not run enough candidates. Their number twos elected SOC DEMs, Greens, and so on, that would have been Sinn Féin TDs if they had run enough candidates. So the fact of the matter is, they won't make that mistake again. But if you wanted to gazump, Sinn you go for an early election, not to let right. that and, head of steam and, build
1: up. And when you say early, I mean do you mean on the same day as these elections in June or before it? Yeah, I, I do
0: mean on the same day, but I've heard March even mooted. Uh, but but the fact of the matter is, you could make so many arguments in favour of the common sense of doing it. You see, you can't run for both elections. So, a, sh- a new shiny penny emerging for, 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 for independence or for uh, uh, Sinn Féin, who's actually on the council, would have a choice would they run for the doll or would they run for the council or a prospective councillor. So it would actually cause Sinn Féin a huge headache. Um, so that, that that's that's the first <laughs> thing. The second thing is that this is not a flash in the pan, uh, the strength of Sinn Féin. And I, I, I want to explain why I think it's, it's, it's here to stay uh, for the next general election. Uh, those, ESRI have done a lot of work on those aged between 33 and 45. And in the 70s, 80s, 90s and noughties, in every decade, the proportion of that age group that had their first foot on the rung of the property ladder was 90%. That's gone down to 60%. And the problem of people paying high rents, not being able to get a home of their own, faces them with the prospect that they'll never own a home of their own. And that they will be facing a situation in retirement, they'll still have to pay market rents <clears throat> as opposed to owning their own home. But coupled with the fact that there is no defined benefit pensions anymore, 50% of your salary outside the public sector, it's all defined contribution. These smart young people see themselves being screwed over by the boomer generation and they're going to vote differently to their parent okay. party. So, so and, and so that is a seismic change right. in Irish politics.
1: We're talking to Ivan Yates and he has his new podcast series with Matt Cooper, Path to Power. So if we assume that you are correct and that Sinn Féin do very well at the next election, regardless of when it is, does that guarantee them a place in government, but will it only be in coalition with somebody?
0: So, if the election was held today, or based on the poll, remember the next stall is bigger, instead of 160 seats, 174. So the majority figure is 88. I reckon Sinn Féin is somewhere between 58 and 72 seats. For good measure, I would call Fianna Fáil 35, Fine Gael 25, because they're decimated by retirements. Uh, 25 seats,
1: seats for finnegan That's what you're predicting.
0: Yeah, they had 76 seats in 2011. They currently have uh, 35 seats. But if I were to go through the list of retirements, from Kerry to yeah. Donny Gould to Richard Bruton to Charlie Flanagan to David Staunch, I could go on and on and on. What the Labour Party found over the last 20 years, when Dick Spring steps down, uh, when you know the the person who's holding that seat for you steps down, there is no guarantee mm-hmm. uh, that the next candidate will get it or that there'll even S- be, you know... Right. Divided so so, uh, so are Sinn Féin
1: in coalition with somebody, is what I'm asking? Yes.
0: I, so, so I think what the election is about is, the higher Sinn Féin go, nearer to 70 plus, they could form a, a left-wing government without Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil. I think that if they get the high 50s, I think they will need a major party, and that's what the election is about. I think there's no doubt Sinn Féin will be the largest party. I actually think that in, in, the presumption that Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil will go together, I don't think is correct. Fine Gael will be in power for 12, year, 13 years next year, uh, you know, by the time the election comes. And the fact of the matter is, unless you're in China or Russia, it's very hard. The Tories are going to have the same problem Maggie Thatcher, Blair, um, Bertie, all of the same problem. You know, if you get up and say, I'm going to do this, Joe, on health or education or housing, they say, mate, you've had 12, 13 years to do something about those issues. So I think that's the biggest problem for are to get. And actually... I think Fine Gael are heading for opposition and they wouldn't object to resuscitating or rejuvenating themselves okay. with and New Brand in opposition, perhaps as Simon Harris's leader. You know, the long,
1: hard work like Micheál Martin did in
0: 2011.
1: Let's assume your prediction is correct. So Sinn Féin have you know, a huge number of seats, even in an expanded Dáil, and they are able to form a coalition of the left. Um, and you don't have Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael in it, maybe you the Greens, maybe you don't, would that be a genuinely radical government then?
0: Well, oh, I do think so. If you look at Sinn Féin's alternative budget, uh, if you're over 100 grand, you lose some of your tax credits. If you're over 140 grand, you pay a start tax of 3%. Capital taxes go up. Uh, lots of changes for business tax. Property taxes will go up. But they would and argue to to, to,
1: to do very important things on the other side is what Sinn Féin had been saying yeah, yeah. for a while.
0: Yeah, no, no. They def- We're spending 5 billion on public housing this year. They've spent maybe 8 billion and uh, maybe more for the health service. No question. All that is laid out in their alternative budget. But what I'm saying is it is a significant shift. But in relation to Fianna Fáil, it's very interesting. I think Micheál Martin um, is going to be 64 on the 1st of August. I think he has his eyes on the presidency, and I think that's the direction he may be heading for. I don't think he could stomach a coalition um, between Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil. And unequal partners would pose a problem. But I'd say this, Fianna Fáil got more votes and seats in 2016 than they did in 2020. The intervening period was confidence and supply. I think it would be very hard to argue against the fact that Fianna Fáil are not an opposition party. They perform worse than opposition. Right. And therefore, they are a party of well, government and there would be benefits for them being in government.
1: OK, one other quick question then. You know, we saw the Charlie Haughey example in the late 80s when he decided to call an early election and he ended up back in politics uh, with uh, his great political enemy, Limerick's Des O'Malley, Of the PDs, and the other thing we saw is you mentioned the 2020 general election, and within a couple of weeks of that, we had the biggest crisis that's faced the state in peacetime with the pandemic. So, is there not a strong argument that you hang on in there to the very last day because you never know what's going to happen?
0: Look, uh, it is impossible. It's only with the benefit of hindsight that you can say that it's it's a call. But the scenario I've painted, um, I think, of holding an autumn election or later is most beneficial to Sinn Féin because it allows them to get their candidates and their troops in order.
1: All right. Listen, good to talk to you, Ivan Yates. So you can pick up Ivan's podcast with Matt Cooper wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, It is Path to Power. And thank you for your time and your analysis this morning.